On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 5th of June. Hopefully everyone had a great weekend, whatever you're up to, and ready for another big week on the punt. Uh, what about reviewing the weekend? 13.53.53 is the open line number if you want to get involved with today's show or on the text line 0419-767-272. We saw Damien Oliver wind back the clock, another group one, of course, there with Amankura up there in Queensland, plus a great little undercard and a all roads now lead from a carnival perspective in this nation to the Stradbroke. Of course, that big Stradbroke weekend. And what about Kira McAvoy? Five of the best in Sydney, riding better than ever. And we're actually going to chat with Kira McAvoy later. He's going to be my guest on Monday's Experts here on Sky Sports Radio around 11 o'clock. We'll talk about his career and whatnot. And I'm sure he would uh, he would love watching the replays over and over of some of those rides of his on Saturday. Our panel today is Ron Duffersey, David Gately and Michael Maxworthy. Duff. To say good morning to you. Good to have you back on this Monday. And yep, Amankura, Chris Lees, a master trainer of fillies and mares, and he gets another group one. Yep, he does, and uh, a good performance. And she was, I didn't forget to back her. She was very solid in the market late there, and obviously Barrier One helped her, but she was strong and uh, went through the line um, like a good staying filly and uh, pretty good effort considering it was her first a racing preparation. Very much so. Michael Maxworthy joins us as well. Maxie, you were there beside Duff on Saturday. What's she like to look at in the yard, this Oaks winner? Yeah, she's a, a nice filly from memory. What I do remember, Dave, is about three weeks ago on PPM, Punters Postmortem, one of your callers alerted us to her, um, asking whether we'd seen her at the Sunshine Coast when she got onto the crown of the, the track and moved away following an eight-length maiden win at Newcastle. So hopefully that guy got some money out of her, but it was, it was the ride. She drew barrier number one. Um, there was a little bit of a, a fitness query over her on Thursday. Uh, of course, we, we now know what happened to Fireburn. But this filly apparently was mildly lame and they nursed her back and got her there. And it was just a superb ride by Damien Oliver. He really had the race under control, ridden quietly back in the field. She must have saved two or three lengths, hard up against the fence, turning into the straight and she finished full of running. She certainly did. Uh, David Gately, good morning to you. It was uh, it was a good performance, wasn't it? And Damien Oliver gets uh, a Group 1 Oaks, and that's uh, Chris Lees' first uh, Queensland Oaks since Vitesse Dane back in 2005. Oh, there you go. Yes, good morning all. Um, yeah, a lot to take out of it. It's been a bit of a theme, hasn't it, of the recent uh, three-year-old staying races. The You know, the up-and-comer sort of from nowhere. Um, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, no one had heard of this... Uh, apart from Nostradamus, who called in the other week, um, <laughs> and even the second horse, uh, Fame, in the Queensland Derby. So it, it, what it does do is give us, um, you know, great hope for our future staying ranks. You know, many people potting the race because she beat 100 to 1 pot, but what she's done is come off a really fast speed. They went eight lengths above group one average. She ran four and a half lengths above. So I don't think you can do that if you're no good. And I just wonder how many of Damien's 128, uh, he's saved ground. He's just mastered that. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean... Um... Uh, the the race as a whole, and I was going to ask you this stuff, Duff, how many times have you backed a horse? And um, I, I tweeted this out on Saturday. I was having a uh, a few beers to celebrate my grandmother, and I was going to have something on Amankura, but I, I didn't. And uh, I had a her going oh, three starts ago at Hawkesbury. She was an even-money favourite, and I had one of these, you know, these big multis where you, you're looking through the fields, and every other leg came off bar this one. And it's just what she's turned into. How many times has that happened to you, Duff, where you've backed a horse in a, in a lower-grade race, something bad's happened, you've gone, oh, you know, kicking the stones, kicking the pebbles, and the next minute they go on to, to win these big races? Yeah, it happens a lot, doesn't it, when you can go back through your punting career and you can, um, you can, you know, you can come up with hard luck tales all the way through. But uh, anyway, at least you're on the mark, um, knowing that she had above-average ability, um, and she has come on since Hawkesbury. She certainly has, uh, and I hope we do get some more callers today. Any more Nostradamuses out there, please let us know. We need as much help as we can get. Let, let's talk about the race uh, in general, though, uh, Duff. Um, obviously, the second horse was uh, was very, very good. 
Yep, I like her. I, I, I sort of liked her at Doombin, um, and you've got to respect the Lammies when they come into the um, into Brisbane with a carnival type of horse. They always run well at odds, and she's another that saved ground and didn't have to, you know, make the long searching run. And she burst through there and looked a, a winner for a, some a few strides there. She's relatively lightly raced in her own right, and I think she's got a future. She she'll come on from this carnival, and she's one to follow. Uh, Rio, no doubt about it. She was uh, excellent. The two favourites never got into the race at all. They were back eyeballing each other and, and uh, look, they run on late, but they, they were never a threat there at all. So in a race where I thought they probably stood out on form, um, a fair to Suver uh, and Renaissance woman, they, they just plugged home and really um, never a chance. Martin Harley, he's been through the, uh, the wars, Maxie, but uh, good to see him riding back there in South East Queensland and uh, Duff is right. Uh, he rode Rio an absolute peach. Yes, um, it was a bit scary for him when he made his comeback. He only came back last Saturday, took one ride at the secondary meeting at Ipswich, it ran second. And then his next ride was at Doombin, the scene where he had that terrible fall six months ago and almost sold out on Sunfall. He was getting a bit of pressure from a horse over, racing on his outside and shoved him up against the, the rail. His horse struck the running rail and up in the air he went, yet he managed to um, compose himself and he managed to get that heavily backed favourite Sunfall up on Wednesday. And Yeah, he shot clear, turning into the straight on the, the outsider there in the Oaks Rio and has held on to run second. As Duff said, the, the, the favourites never really got into it. Renaissance woman, she seemed to jump well but got shuffled too far back and I think a genuine excuse for a fair sieve. Um, she had a horse drawn inside her um, Ty Ressa, who's a noted, well, she's notorious for not going into the gates and playing up, and she played up a treat there on Saturday. And I reckon at half put um, a fair sieve off at the start. She missed it a length, and then thereafter, she was way back three and four deep the entire. So I think a, a little bit of an excuse there for her. And that uh, information gated to, to come out of the race. So they've gone well and truly, um, they've, they've run an okay time there, you were suggesting before. They've run quite good. Yeah, look, a, a good speed certainly helps you. Well, it is what makes a race fast. Um, you know, without it, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, so, um, as I say, against Group 1, uh, three-year-old average, you know, about eight lengths above, so a really strong um, speed relative to the age and class and sex, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, winners still come home bang on Group 1 average and run four and a half lengths above. So um, some substance there, absolutely. And what you have to do, I think, is factor in that, uh, as Duff said, it's the first prayer. Um, so what is the upside? There's no way um, that that'll be her career peak, I wouldn't have thought, uh, given you know how often horses reach a distance range and then improve off it, don't they? So, no, I think it's genuinely it's been an exciting carnival so far. Why do we, gents, and we've, we see this, uh, you know, is it just the, the fact of where it's positioned on the uh, the calendar, why do we disregard, or not disregard, but sometimes we see people wanting to peg back Queensland derbies um, and obviously the, the Oaks is out of Queensland, but more often than not, we then see these horses continue on keeping that residual fitness stuff and going into springs. But it seems like every year we seem, we seem to have knockers. As far as the Queensland derbies? Yeah, Derby and Oaks. Oaks. I'm talking about the, the Derby and Oaks. Yeah, well... These horses, are, they're not machines, and they're only three-year-olds. And obviously the good ones are all preparing for the ATC Derby. And it's hard to carry on and go into Queensland. So you need those second, second wave of horses going to these places. And that's not saying that they can't turn into the best horses. And then obviously the, horses from, the nice horses from Sydney are looking forward to the spring. So the year's becoming a lot tighter. So you can't do three carnivals with young horses there's uh, there's no doubt about that so that, that's why you probably don't get the the cream of the crop going to uh, Queensland derbies or the Oaks unless something's at a setback and some may say oh well Tommy Smith used to take all these good horses in there and he'd win the Queensland derby and then they'd back up in the spring as well they'd win the Sydney derby but um, that's when they had a little bit of help with the steroids. The Morton Cup uh, Prince of Boom Timmy Clark, Robert Heathcote, um, uh, Maxie, he was a little bit, um, was a little bit emotional, Heath, uh, Robbie, after this race. He, he's obviously got a lot of time for this horse, and he now gets in the Stradbroke. 
Yes, uh, unlikely that he's going to go there. I know straight after the race, um, Rob was, was saying, well, you know, he's, he's won a group two. He likes the track here. Let's have a crack at it. But I think he's had a good hard think about it. Uh, winners out of that Morton Cup, their, their record's terrible going, you know, backing up seven days later into the Stratbroke handicap. And he really doesn't run 1,400. He's just a runner. He's a very quick horse. And he was able to control the tempo Looked as if he was going three-quarter pace. Gator's probably got some splits there on that. But um, he is a horse that's really good fresh. That was his fourth run back. And I must admit to being a little concerned that after about three or four runs, his form does go a little bit pear-shaped. We've got to remember that uh, as a three-year-old, he put in a couple of moderate runs and they decided to scope him and found that he, he, he needed... Um, he needed throat surgery, which he had, and he's never looked back, um, in particular when he's on the fresh side. So I, I'd say he probably has a break now, probably, and then they can look forward to maybe sending him away for the spring, and, and he can certainly measure up in those Group 2, Group 1 sprints now. To the second horse, I spoke with David McCollum, uh, Duff, um, about to Far Too Easy last week, and the Ramorny well and truly on his radar, and he's going to be a real presence in that Ramorny. Yeah, he's a lovely horse. And that race just wasn't run to suit where, you know, there was no chases and he quickened at the right time. And typical Tim Clark ride where nothing really got any momentum finishing or a card into the race because once he quickened, there was they were all up and down in the one spot. So I thought his effort was terrific considering circumstances. And, yeah, he'll go to the... If he goes to the Ramorny now, he'll be... Well, it's not an easy race to win in its own right, but he'll be one of the leading contenders there uh, for sure. And... The, I think there's a race for the winner. It might be Tats Tiara Day. There's a, a set weight sprint race for uh, Prince of Boom that he probably goes there. Uh, just the whisper was there on Saturday. Any data to come out of this race, uh, Gator? There's always hashtag data. <laughs> no worries about that. Doesn't uh, help us find a winner, but gee, it makes us sound smart. Um, yeah, look, uh, Prince of Boom, relative to the class, three and a half lengths. Below average, so certainly got away with an easy lead. Kicked home big, strong last 600, as good horses do, off a moderate speed. And um, he certainly did that. Home 34-4, some seven lengths above um, uh, average. So he's gone about eight lengths slower than red card on the day, first half. Uh, so, sorry, eight lengths quicker than red card on the day, first half. And um, and run uh, that time 110 flat, wasn't it? So that's three or four lengths quicker. Does that then, based on that um, info, does that then make it that the runner far too easy, you give even more merit to? Uh, look, um, yeah, it was still a good run, but the margin was significant, wasn't it? Like 2.64 lengths. Um, what far too easy has been able to do is run past Clemenceau, who's no slouch, uh, Quantico, who's no slouch either. But I think they both underperformed, which may have um, made far too easy's run look good. But he's, he's a really nice second, third level horse, no doubt. Have we unearthed a new star here, Duff? Uh, you mentioned red card there, Gator. This uh, red card in the last, I mean, this scone form is stacking up a treat. It always does, um, but um, it was very good at scone. Red card, of course, winning the Denise's Joy, beating Written in Code, who sort of got a little bit of traffic there on the week. And I think you can put a line through that run, but straight at the front, J-Mac, and just kept going. Yeah, she's just turned the corner now, hasn't she? She's uh, taken a while. And she's been work in progress with her brilliance. Like I remember backing her in a, oh, one of those Mooney Valley 1,000-metre races and she got run over. But uh, and I was sort of had her down as a 900-metre horse from there. And But she's come of age with maturity and looked after and, and she's put a couple together at 11 and 1,200 now. So she's well on her way to something better. You know, she's um, she's got all those boxes ticked off. She's a young filly with speed, which is a great asset. And she's showing enough stamina to go on with the job now. I was on written in code, um, Duff. Uh, I, there was a slight sort of check down the side. It's got an awkward position. She's better than that, isn't she? I, I don't want to drop off. No, no, it's, it's all. It's just all too soon. It's just all too soon for her. Like she only won a maiden two starts back, and then she ran that bottler um, behind red card last time. But it's just all too soon for her. Just jumping to this level, um, she'll have a, probably have a break now and. I think she'll come back a pretty good filly. What about the two Golan runners, Maxi? Um, Milana and Golden Boom. Yes, um, the runner-up was good there at $101, uh, Milane. And, and Golden Boom, well, I think the boom has come off him to some extent. He's, he's, just, uh, he's just too keen for about 150, 200 metres 
around about the 900. He had his head up in the air, wanting to over-race, and then Ryan Maloney got him back underneath him, but he was comprehensively beaten there by red card and the 101 shot. So um, I think for him to sort of win these stakes races, he's going to have to really switch off early. And, yeah, I think probably come a little bit too soon for written in code. She was beaten eight lengths, but nothing really went right at all for her there in the last. No, it certainly did it. And uh, Gator, this, uh, she, as, as Duff said, red card, she has turned a corner, hasn't she? Yeah, she has. I mean, I saw her win a race at Packenham narrowly in a bit of a blanket finish and uh, the time wasn't there. And um, I just thought, oh, she's never going to make it. But this prep, different horse, uh, goes to Scone from a Awkward draw gets somehow gets a miraculous run, but brains him, breaks the track record. It's an easy lead, and, and now it's ticked not only the 1100 box, but the 1200 meter box with GST on Saturday. So, look, she's not going to get away with the 36 9 uh, first 600 most time she runs to get the 1200, but um, I think it's safe to say that she has ticked that box. Yep. What about in Sydney Town? We mentioned Kieran McAvoy Duff uh, to at the start of the program. Um, he's our guest today on Monday's Experts. I mean, He's uh, he's obviously riding in, in good form, but it seemed like it, it that Gosford day, uh, back to the coast day, we had a good day out on the coast, and he's had good momentum since that uh, Saturday. Yep, he's a great reader of tracks. He he has a walk of the track, and he has an opinion of the track, and he, he seems to get it right. He got Gosford right early and capitalised on it, and I think he got that track right there on Saturday where it was an advantage to be up there, you know, up and in and uh, you could even do a bit of work and fight back. So the obviously six-metre rail at Rosehill Dry Track, that's the, that's the norm. And Kieran ran it well, and he got, uh, well, he got a big result, five winners on the day, but he's just a big-time performer. We've known that. He's one of our best. He's world-class, and, and he's um, he stood out amongst the pack there on Saturday. He certainly did. He's, I thought he's riding the Winner Cup on Alibaba to... Um to take off like he did and put it in the race was uh, was the winning move. Yep, yep, yep. They walked there and they've scampered home. Uh, so he was on his bike and he had to be. And uh, I thought it was a t- pretty good performance. Certainly was. Uh, and then also, too, there's a text about uh, Robusto, the ride on Robusto, which obviously was, uh, was lovely. Uh, that was uh, the uh, defeat there of African Daisy. I thought I've been trying was absolutely enormous. Again, talking through my pocket, but... Um, to be up that wide on the speed, no, nothing really Dylan could do from 10. It was a huge run. Yeah, I think they, they were shocked when he led at his previous start. Mm. I think they should have done it again, as it turned out. That's where uh, the, the you know the experience of McAvoy... Now, there's one horse that you would not have had figuring in your speed map. And the same thing happened with one of Chris's at Gosford, uh, where that, that young... Jasper Franklin. Oh, no, it was it rose still Jasper Franklin rode that. Oh yeah, the um the thing that went up six fifty. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, um, yeah. Red and in. Red Red and Yeah. So it was a similar situation. No one wanted the lead, and you expect everyone would have wanted the lead by race nine there, if they were watching their replays, or even the race before, where Max Dell and Zuma went out a hundred mile an hour and and kept going. So McAvoy summed it up. They gifted it to him, and that was the winning move. Certainly was. Um, African Daisy, of course, a beaten favourite in that race. And then the other text we've got on the text line here, Duff, just in relation to, to Sydney in the first. Um, obviously, we saw Congregation win um, and the second horse. Yeah, um, obviously, again, Dylan in a situation where he, he couldn't really do anything. He just had to wait for the gap to appear. And then, obviously, she attacked the line, the filly. She did. I think they're both good, good, good horses and... Like uh, last, Chris is a pattern man. If you, last year, first two-year-old race of winter, I was a Penko beat uh, Madame Pomery, both Group One winners. Uh, so uh, this could be a similar situation uh, with this pair here. With Congregation, um, I thought he'd go wait for the spring, but if he does well, he'll back up in the JJ Atkins, and I think he'll run really well. And they're already talking flight stakes with Tudor Levita, and I can understand why. It looks uh, two very, very nice horses. And you can't blame Gibbons. I think he, I think you, the, the long shot was expected to drop off quicker. You know, looking at at, at, at the the map of the race, and I just think it didn't happen. 
and um, yeah, he had a frustrating day. He, he could have made a real move on Lloyd there on Saturday. He had, I think, he had a winner in four close seconds, Dylan Gibbons. So he was stiff uh, not to ride a couple more. Mm. Down in Melbourne, we saw a nice horse. Uh, is it Tashayahar? Is that how you say it, Gator? Uh, it was race seven, the winner of race seven, number fourteen. Um, Blake Shin riding for Trent Buston and Natalie Young. And uh, this is a Camelot four-year-old who has had now two starts in Australia, one over the mile first up um, and uh, gets the job done. And wasn't pretty late, but um, Blake just rode it like the best horse, I think. Yeah, I think so. And uh, look, he's probably entitled to get a little bit tired late. Second up at 2,000 metres, uh, sustained you know, quite a long wide run, didn't they? So uh, Wahini Tower um, made it look like he sort of fell in, and I guess he did a bit, but... Um, he did quicken better than Wahini Toa, four of the two race fastest. And, um, you know, you only have to be in front at the end of the race, don't you? So, job done. Um, and more to come from that horse. And, and some merit on the clock from that race as well, for sure. Yeah. Um, and the other horse um, in Melbourne that the, the punters are asking about is the winner of the last, um, Sen- Senegalia, uh, the mm. 15 for Linda Meach uh, and the Ma Eustace team. Yeah, look, good job. Uh, look, these low benchmark 70 races where the, the you know, the 10th horse has beaten a couple of lengths. Um, whose turn is it this week? And, and it was that horse, yep. Petronius Maxi. Um, we had a love-hate relationship with Petronius down here in uh, in New South Wales. Went to Doom and trialled like a bomb and has just been in wonderful form ever since. He's a great trainer, Barry Lockwood. Yeah, the race um, turned out perfectly for him. Michael McNabb just had him or swing off him halfway through the race. The tempo was on and produced him at the right time. There was a little bit of guesswork as to whether he was up to it over a 1,000 metres. He did trial well, and then he had one of those private, well, not private jump outs, but you had to go looking for him, and he went okay in it. Uh, presented uh, beautifully there by Barry. He's just a genius. We've touched on him before, and he obviously had him primed. He was always, uh, you know, um, in the market there. They were chipping away at him at double figures, and... Uh, he managed to get the money there, beating at Thelric and Deepaw. Deepaw was good there, going into that lightning as well. There was good support for him, and he ran on to get third. So I think he's one to follow out of that uh, um, after that nice return on Saturday. What do we do with the favour from that race? Um, Duff, uh, I was on, ubiquitous for Chris Henderson. There was good money for it. Um, it was uh, were very well backed right from scratchings early on in Saturday morning. Yeah, look, um, I'm sure she's only early in a preparation and, uh, look, she showed a bit of dash and was run over there late but uh, got beat, but she wasn't wasn't disgraced, so maybe another chance for, or him, I should I should say, he's a gilding, but uh, I thought he he was okay, but disappointing if you backed him. Uh, Gator, what about Azula in the first here? I thought uh, Flying Trapeze uh, had it cold on the outside, but good, tough win to fight back and win the Phoenix to kickstart the day. Yeah, I tell you, if, if you've got a will to win uh, in this day and age, it'll take you a long way, uh, given you know, I'm looking through all these results in, in three and four different states, and it's a similar theme. You know, the horse has been eight, ten lengths. Uh, sorry, running eights and tenths, beaten two, three lengths. Um, so if you're in a dogfight uh, late, um, you want that will to win, and as all showed that with GST, came up a good speed, and um, look, they just crawled home. Um, but... Yeah, tough effort, and has, you know that's the trait you want. I think in a modern racehorse. What do you make of that performance, stuff of Azula? Yeah, typical of the stable. Put them up on the speed. They keep fighting, fighting, fighting. She's by Morris, so there's a big chance that she'll run a mile. She's got style as far as racing style, and another one. They back her up next week. She's going to be a tough nut to crack because a lot of the chances will be back in the field. And she's going to be up there making her own luck and bluffing all the speed out of that race. And look out, she doesn't uh, uh, pinch another one. Uh, your assessment too, Maxie? Oh, very good. Yeah, she really picked herself up, didn't she? There was good support for the runner-up flying trapeze. He was uh, beaten at, in country New South Wales a couple of times. And then he was OK at Kembla, but they, they were spot on. He almost got up there, but she just wanted it a little bit more Azula. It'll be interesting to see whether she does back up Tab Have Her. Last time I looked at $8 for the JJ Atkins next Saturday. What do we do with Influential out of that race, stuff? Um, obviously, uh, beautifully bred in the Arrowfield Colours. Chris Trains and James, well, he's been on since that uh, second trial, hasn't he? So is he just a work in progress? I'd say so. He might be more of a staying type uh, for later on, but... Uh... 
well, whether they push on and, uh, with him any further, that's up to them. The horse will tell them that. But he went fair without saying he's, um, you know, he's going to bounce out of that and, you know, perform well in a JJ or not. I doubt it. Uh, the, uh, work in progress for sure. So Tannhauser is a 450 favourite to win uh, the JJ off, of course, that win the other day in Sydney. Azula at $6. Cryosaur at $8. This is the all-in market. Then Congregation at $8. Of course, we won the first here in Sydney on Saturday. Make a Call, Sifrado, Miracle of Love. She was a good win, Maxie, on uh, on Wednesday. Mm. And it looks like she's going to get a start, Dave, uh, which is good. Uh, she's the one with the big pedigree, the Dundee or Miss Finland. And um, we knew that form line through her first start there at Scone was excellent. And although it was only a narrow win, there was a lot to like about it at Doombin. She didn't break that well, and the winner got the jump on her, momentum up, turning into the straight, whereas she had to wait for a clear run, and she really dug deep over the final part, at best on the line at the end of 13.50. So um, I'm really interested in her, Miracle of Love, in the, the JJ next Saturday. What um, Do you think that uh, Tannhauser should be your favourite, um, Duff? Yeah, he's still raw. Uh, but he's strong. Now, the market's really opposing the size form now. Uh, they're going for all the other different form, like the, you know, the Tannhauser form, the Congregation form from Saturday, Azula from Saturday, Miracles of Love, new horse on the scene. Um, so uh, the market is disregarding what we usually use as the size uh, leading into the JJ Atkins. So I'm struggling to line it up at this stage. I'll pull that more apart tomorrow when we get in the field and uh, do a little speed map and see what we think of this race because it's uh, it's wide, wide open. Yeah. Any any whispers locally, Maxie, from any of the local chances or horses that have, might have been uh, galloping up there and staying with re- respective stables? Well, Safrado is probably going to be Queensland's best chance. He, of course, won the sires. And, of course, Make a Call was the unlucky runner, really charging late. You know, we all know about that interference. So, look, Snapback was very good. What prices? Hey, Dave, he's Duff 11, said, $11. He's $11. Yeah, we're going to know more uh, when we see the final field in the barrier draw tomorrow. Final acceptance for the Stradbroke and the JJ Atkins, 9am, and then the barrier draw, 4.30 tomorrow afternoon. But we've all been waiting for Chris Waller to produce something to win this race. And it's only really been the last week, hasn't it? Tannhauser with that win at Randwick from last and, and then Congregation um, from Rose Hill last Saturday. So it's changing seemingly every Saturday, the JJ. The Stradbroke you mentioned as well, the Stradbroke handicap. So think about it, 280 favourite. Has been locked in under the Newgate um, slot as well for a Tab Everest. So congratulations to Joe Pride and Connections there for getting a run. Um, he did say, though, in that interview last week that I had with him that he would uh, obviously, you know, the, he'd love to get these horses in the Everest. Obviously, Private Eye as well. He's in discussions, but he would love to get him out over a, a, a trip at some point, um, he thinks that um, the further they go, the better this horse might get. Hawaii 504, 50 second favourite. Converge at $8. Aft Cabin, we know Kieran McAvoy to ride. Aft Cabin at $9. Ruthless Dame 11. Michael D to ride there. Cardinal Jim at 13 Royal Merchant at 15 Rothfire, $18. Chain of Lightning, 26 Gentleman Roy at 26 And what about this winner? From the weekend, Gator, um, Munamek. It's at $26 for a Stradbroke, and it was a good winner there on the weekend in Brisbane. It was a good win. Came back from wide and ran over them off a good speed. Um, you know, he's done that uh, more than once now. He came back off a freshen and, and did a really good job. I think back to 1,400 in a fast run, Stradbroke's probably not the answer, but, um, you know, if you owned him, <laughs> you'd, you'd probably... Um, it's probably the race I'd look at, but from a form perspective, I wouldn't have him in my top few uh, selections. Uh, what have we got? Uh, a text on the text line here in relation to what do the boys think about uh, various strap-broke runners? So obviously, think about your favourite there, Duff. Um, is there a horse you're, you're most keen to see draw well when it comes to a strap-broke that might be a double figures? Um, let me have a look. I'd be is more... it a ruthless dame? I know that you boys have spoken about that surround... Um, you know, that's around stakes. And obviously she went to Adelaide and then they've come here with this in mind. Would she be the one that's got some bit of bit of X factor about her, obviously? Well, she has, being yeah. a three-year-old. And I think Cardinal Gem's a big improver, um, considering how wide she was the other day. And she'll 
uh, obviously this has been a set up race and Graham Begg can set one up for a race and look at it, I would have thought if there was any inkling of yellow brick getting into the field, $26 would be massive odds and the other long shot I'd probably consider uh, would be Scalopini uh, because of his, you know, he's just been a good, tough, genuine performer but it's all about most of those favourites. They'd, you know, you converge. They'd love to draw well. Uh, think about it, it's just a, a beauty, but he's well found. A Y five O's on an upward spiral. Uh, can he be at his brilliant best after, after cabin at fourteen hundred? I don't know. So there's lots of questions, and that'll be answered on Saturday. We were take a quick break. It's nine thirty eight. We're going to open the phone lines thirteen fifty three fifty three. Give us a ring if you've got some mail. World-class Sprinter Merchant Navy offers Group 1 quality at an affordable price at Keringal Stud in 2023. The son of champion sire Fast Ed Rock was among the best of his generation, winning the Coolmore Stud Stakes at Flemington and the coveted Diamond Jubilee at Royal Ascot. At Stud, Merchant Navy has produced this season's stakes winners Steel City and Royal Merchant. A dual Group 1 winning three-year-old, Merchant Navy will stand at a fee of 13200 Contact Angus Lamont on 0429 842 875. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Unlike any other SUV in Australia, the unrivaled Kia Sorento is available in diesel, petrol, hybrid and plug-in hybrid technologies. The Kia Sorento, awarded and unmatched like no other seven-seat SUV. To find out more, visit kia.com.au or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. At Coles Express, score free limited edition 4 and 20 socks when you purchase two 4 and 20 pies or sausage rolls for $7. Hurry, while stocks last at Coles Express. Sydney, Warrenora Bridge still carrying a lot of traffic going eastbound. Mascot Southern Cross Drive has picked up speed up to the eastern distributor. Freeman's Waterhole, the M1, a truck crash northbound past Archery Road and Brisbane. Kelvin Grove in the city bypass has picked up speed coming in. Want to win the ultimate Ashes experience for four at Laws this month, including flights, accommodation, tickets? Enter now for free at fanstands.com.au. Winners drawn Monday. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. Don't miss New Zealand's largest breeding stock sale of the year. New Zealand Bloodstock's national weanling and broodmare sale is brimming with pinhooking, breeding and investment potential. Weanling graduates have won 12 Group 1 races and 70 stakes races in the last seven seasons. Plus, all weanlings are eligible for the lucrative Kanaka Million Series. Join us at Kanaka on the 16th of June, nzb.co.nz. New Zealand Bloodstock, where winning begins. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. It's 9.40. Give us a call on 13.50.353 or the text line 0419-767-272. And there is a text on the text line here in relation to Gator. Um, Max Schnell, Tyler Schiller, hats off to his ride. And also, kudos to Gator for tipping it as well. Old mate from uh, Umina. Um Did you tip Max Schnell, Gator? Right, so it looks like we have to come clean. I was um, hoping you wouldn't bring this up. but uh, So my good friends in the Sky Studio have just put up the wrong number <laughs> in the tips. So I tipped 18, Tony B, and they put in 19, Max Chanel. So oh, look, how good. There was, a, there was a whole lot of love on Twitter, and the number of people I've corrected, I'm just going to give you the total uh, of that. It's zero. Um, so just happy to <laughs> take the love. Um, but look, if you accidentally backed it, well done, and a few did. Um, so, you know, plenty of times you pick the right horse and get beaten, so just take it and run with it, I reckon. <laughs> I, ran in, I, I, ran in, I ran into a lady yesterday, and she was over the moon. She's at a $5. <laughs> $5 each way, and she was telling me how good you are, and I just said, mate, he's a great judge, and, um, <laughs> and she wanted me to thank you this morning for it, because... Uh, well, it makes my day. That's yes. outstanding. Um, there we go. What about uh, Tyler's ride, though, on it? Um, it was, uh, you know, we, we talk about, um, you know, senior jockeys, Kira McAvoy, and, and our other senior... We've spoken about Tyler before, Gator, but uh, he is certainly uh, just a name that's going to be in that form guide for a long, long time. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, I, I just look at it 
purely from a from a punning perspective. I've never ridden in a race, <laughs> you know. That's why you got the great duff there. But um, from a punting perspective, if his name's in the book, we never shy away from a bet. Put it that way. And I think that's the way to ride that horse. To be honest, I think he has to think about it when they sort of um, sit off him a bit. And if you can let him roll, do his own thing, it's, I think that's his best chance of success. All right. Um, now uh, our caller on the line. I think we've got Marcus on the line who. Wants to talk some Hong Kong racing. Of course, great to see Brendan Abdullah get his first win there yesterday too in Hong Kong. And Marcus, you were watching the sprint race. Yes, yes. Uh, good morning, guys. Just like to thank you for your great work. Quick question. There was a market for Lucky Sweeness in the Everest. Now, when it's run yesterday, the announcer has, says, has called it the best sprinter in the world. Will it be coming down to Australia? And if so, will Zach Purden be riding it? Or do you think he will ride Giga Kick? Yeah, the, or another horse? Yeah, unfortunately, they've pulled the pin on uh, Lucky Swainess. They weren't happy with the um, quarantine. It, oh, it, it wow. would have taken too long to get him back home for their carnival um, in December. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to see him here. That's and very I, unfortunate. Yeah, I would have it loved is. To it, him here. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think you will be getting Craig Williams off no. a kick. Yeah. No. Anyway, I thought it would be very interesting if, because we're, I think we're the best sprinting country in the in the land, in in the world. And if they had something, it would have been nice for them to bring it over and see how they go. Yeah, it would have been a great challenge, but unfortunately, they're not taking it up. They are going to go to Japan, though, aren't they, Duff? I think that's uh, there's a that sprint race in Japan that take over Target. One is that the yeah, yeah that's the one, one they're going to go for or whatever they have. The, uh, yeah, it'll be one of them. So thank you for your call. Um, another text on the text line here about uh, the run of Aussie Nugget on Saturday, uh, and I'll come to you here, Maxi. Uh, what did you make of the run thank of you. Aussie Nugget? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, look, he went okay. I think he actually jumped okay from memory. Um, he'd been missing the kick terribly. And even at the Sunshine Coast two ago, he's missed it about five lengths and got beaten a little over a length. And even in a recent jump out, he wasn't that clean away. Look, he'll pick up one of these races, usually consistent when he finds a little bit of form. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, Duff, is there any word about out of beer? I think we touched on this on Saturday, whereas... The Brisbane Cup on Saturday, 3,200 metres. The last two winners of the Brisbane Cup won this Winter Cup, and on the seven-day backup, they came up and won it. Uh, is there any whisper what they might do without a beer, Duff? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. We've got another couple of staying races here, a Stayers Cup as well, coming up over winter that they may have had eyes on. But uh, I'd suggest he, he may at least get a nomination and have a look but, uh, yeah, he's got him at his peak here now, and I, I think there'll be other options here in the next month or so. Beautiful. Uh, now, what about uh, this one? Uh, well, Maxie, I'll just get a comment from you about uh, that uh, lucky swayness, because I know you love your, yeah. your Hong Kong racing. Yeah, he, he was the hot favourite there, and it was a Group 3. He did have the big weight, 61 and a half, I think is 135 pounds, but... Um, the race was put on for him. Victor, the winner, was expected to lead. He was pressured by sight success. Hugh Bowman rode sight success, and uh, they obviously, you know, they wanted to ping him out of the gates, and they did that. They actually sort of forced the pace, and they got going 500 from home. Victor, the winner, and sight success, and it just played into Lucky Swainess's hands. He just had to come around heels, but the time was there. He's won, run bang on 1.8 carrying 61 and a half kilos. So that was his eighth win of the Hong Kong season. Um, and they're probably going to give him another go over 1,400 metres in three weeks. Um, he sort of shared that, that record of, for eight successes in one season. So they might get it out right if he happens to win. And it's likely that he will again, probably meeting a few different horses over 1,400. But he's just got... Um, he's just too good for the Hong Kong sprinters at the moment. We might be able to measure him a little bit internationally with Wellington. They've had a few clashes, although Lucky Swainess has now clearly got the upper hand over Wellington. I believe Richard Gibson wants to send him for the, the Jubilee race at Royal Ascot on the last day, the Black Caviar race. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he measures up. Artorias might go for that race again. So 
um, yeah, he's really killing those horses in Hong Kong at the moment. There's no doubt. Okay. And then back in uh, Brisbane, I'll come to you here, Gator. Text about Foxy Frieda, who um, wasn't pretty, but got the job done, has a real win, will to win. Oh, she's, she's captain of that team. Uh, just You just go and watch that race again. Watch what happens when the horse off her back looms to beat her. She has a look over, sees it there, and surges again. She is just a ripper, that horse. And uh, she can cope with um, any sort of speed in the race. She can go back, she can go forward. And uh, if she's in a dogfight, uh, I just head to the queue. Exactly right. Uh, um, the text line about Kieran's ride on uh, Grabini. Thoughts on that, um, Duff? Yep, good ride. Uh, blended in at the right time. They went quick enough. He's a, a horse, so I think he'll get better over further. And he was probably one of the um, one of the horses with more upside than most to come out of Saturday. And uh, uh, just to read uh, Charlie, uh, potential Brisbane Cup um, in two weeks at Rose Hill. A text. So that was the, the comment on Sky Thoroughbred Central after the race. So mm. we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens there. Um, I thought um, AF Cabin's trial was pretty good. Speaking of the Stradbroke, there's a text here about, uh, boys, just get on AF Cabin in the Strad, he'll be winning. Well, we know Kieran McAvoy rides, and the trial was pretty good the other day, uh, Duff. Yeah, it was good. We know he's a very good horse. Uh, but mm, I think he, you know, 1,400... Yeah, it's gettable for him, but is he going to be more brilliant at 1,200 as trained as a sprinter? I'll leave that to Godolphin, but uh, he trialled as well as you'd expect a, a horse like him with his performance to trial. Exactly right. So we'll take it on the break. It's 9.49. Horses to follow coming up, and also the phone line open on 13.53.53. Hi, Bank. Hi, my homeowner's about to roll off a fixed rate onto a new variable rate. Oh, yes, we know. Yeah, so could you tell me what my new rate will be? <laughs> okay, just let me check. Thanks. Oh, here it is. Oh, oh wow. Oh, she is a beauty. Okay, so what is it? Oh, well, we wouldn't want to spoil the surprise, would we? Oh, it doesn't sound like a good surprise. Oh, it is for one of us. <laughs> Rolling off a fixed rate? Check what it'll be, then compare at athena.com.au. You'll be surprised just how much you could save. Athena, love us and leave us. The very best of US racing seven days a week. Got runners on top of the world! He wins the Breeders' Cup Classic! Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Children don't have an equal chance when they live in poverty. Like all children, Nick needs support to succeed at school. Despite his hard work, he's falling behind. Help provide crucial learning support so Nick can reach his potential. Search the Smith family. Donate today. Tab has same race multis on Tab. On selected meetings, you can now choose multiple runners in the same race with Tab's same race multi, where you can combine a selection to win with a selection to run top four to get more. For same race multis on Tab, download the Tab app. Not available to SA account holders and SA residents. Available on the Tab app on selected Australian thoroughbred and greyhound races. T's and C's apply. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. It's 9.51 on Sky Sports Radio. Well, as uh, I like to be a bit of fun now with you boys because uh, a couple of weeks ago, I remember I asked you those trivia questions and we, we need to get prepared for the Sky Racing Trivia Night. So, it is Stradbroke Week, all right? We've got the, the Three Brains Trust. Maybe we can get someone in the studio gator to put the wrong number up again, but... <laughs> Who do you think, and this is a good little trivia question out there on um, on the text line as well, who's won the most Stradbrokes as a trainer? Who do you think? Hmm. Anyone? As a trainer? Yeah, so six wins this person has. Uh... Oh, I, know, I know, Walter yes. Blacklock. Walter Blacklock, Maxie, well done. <laughs> Too good, Maxie. Oh, Wally. Yep. Uh, Walter Blacklock on six wins, five wins for John Stone, four wins for Bart, and then three wins for Con Doyle um, mm. there. Do we know, oh. off the top of our head, the shortest-priced winner of the Stradbroke ever? No. Maxie, go to have a guess. Mm. It was 1991. There's a clue for you. Oscalachi, did he win no. Rough Habit, 6-4. to four. He was the shortest price winner in 1991 to ever, um, ever win a Stradbroke. And, Max, I'll come to you, see if you can get the double here. 
Who's uh, out of jockeys? Four winners in the strap break. This person has won. John Stone. John, mate, fair dinkum. Go and buy a lotto <laughs> ticket, please, Michael. But I'm actually cheating. Oh, fair dinkum. <laughs> You're all Gary. Give ups to yourselves today. Why? How are you? How yeah. are you cheating, Max? Are you? Oh, I've, I think I'm reading from the same hymn book as you. I've got got it open here in front of me. Fantastic. Um, with all that trivia information, interesting. The weights are interesting, Dave. Um, only three horses have carried more than fifty-five and a half to win in the last forty years. Yeah. Shower Heart, Rough Habit and Campaign King, like, you know, absolute superstars there. Um, last year, Alligator Blood had 55 and a half. I think Converge has got that same weight this year. So I think that's trying to tell us something. Well, let's see. So this, um, just for our, our punters as well, because we're watching these markets. So they're all in at the moment uh, with Tab. I see the Tab have got opened, uh, the Strabroke, the JJ. Um, now, these final fields will be, what, tomorrow morning and then we get a barrier draw tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, yeah 4.30, uh, 4.30 in the afternoon at King George Square to draw for the uh, the JJ and the Swadbrook. Is that going to be on television, Maxie? Are you doing anything uh, for Central or no? It'll probably be I, on social media. Sure. All right, well, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. They're making his wait. Yeah. 9 o'clock and then we're going to wait till 4.30. Yeah. Couldn't they do it at lunchtime or something? Anyway, mm. I don't know what their theory is there. What is their theory, Maxie? Down at the, is, it, is it to get the, the passers by on the way up to Roma Street Probably Station? Probably after work. You know, the trade is on their way to the pubs or whatever. I'm, I'm not too sure. And that Q22 is going to be an interesting race. Yes. I know Duff and myself are keen to have a look at without a fight, but I think Dewis will be there. Um, triple Group 1 winner, Hueto Numerian. So, it's going um, to be a ripper yeah. race. Yeah. So our, our lineup is obviously the three races we just mentioned, the Stradbroke, the JJ, we've got the Q22, the Brisbane Cup, the Dane Ripper, the Gunsend Classic, the Wayne Wilson, uh, which will be a great race uh, to honour Wayne. Uh, we've got the Hinkler and the Oxlade. So that's our lineup yeah. for Stradbroke Day. And, and again, boys, I just did a text on the text line. Um, what did we had? we think Eagle Farm played on the weekend? I thought it played exceptional again, Duff. Yep, played beautifully. Uh, they put a touch more water on it this week uh, than last week, so it was a little bit softer than the previous week, but no issues, played fair. All right. Um, let's get some horses to follow. I'll go to you here, Gator, first. What's your horses to follow from the weekend? All righty. I've got uh, two from Fabulous Flemington. Jimmy the Bear covered a lot of ground. He's ready to win, I think. Hellfire, who was good on the worst part of the track, and a couple of run-ons from Sydney on a day uh, where not many ran on. Contemporary and Bold Mac. Yeah, Bold Mac was good. Uh, what about yourself, Duff? Um, a couple of winners, I think. Congregation out of the first. There were all the talks about the second filly, but he's the one that may stay in work, and he'll run well in the JJ. And uh, Grabini, which we spoke about, I think he can go further into the winter. And there's a horse there, Hell Hath No Fury, who I thought uh, did a really good job from the back, and there's a win coming shortly for that horse. What about yourself, Maxie? Your horses to follow. Yeah, just quickly, that race that Duff alluded to, possibly next to Prince of Berm, Cat's Day, the Group 3 Healy, 1,200 metres, so he could go there. Um, I'm just going to look at one of the um, one horse that was at a big price there on Saturday called Mr. Yu Shu. It checked in in eighth in the Spear Chief. Um, bit of a hidden run, sort of stuck behind the leader, Master Jamie, who was weakening over the final part. Just didn't get a crack at them at all. Mr. Yu Shu, trained by Jim Conlon, um, look, he's only a benchmark 76 horse. He might even turn up on a Wednesday. But um, when you look at the form, note that he should have won- he should have finished two or three lengths closer. So out of the spear, Chief, one going forward, uh, Mr. Yushu for Jim Connor. All right, there's our horses to follow. We'll get them up on the socials later. Just in a, some general racing news. We saw yesterday a, an impressive debut at uh, Geelong, didn't we, Gator, with a, a Winx's half-sister, City of Lights getting the job done there in the Camilleri Colours. Um, she's by Deep Impact, who had a big weekend. We'll touch on that in a moment. But, um, yeah, the uh, the daughter of um, uh, Vegas Showgirl, uh, she just went bang, didn't she? That was a good-looking win, no yeah. doubt. Obviously, you know, all eyes on the clock. That'll come through in the next few days. But um, she likes to carry a bit of baggage, <laughs> poor thing. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, look, couldn't have won a lot better. So, um, you know, it's only good for racing, isn't it? Um, speaking of deep impact, what about this Derby winner, Duff and Maxie? Um, another one for Coolmore and 
Look, I know that Ryan Moore is a man of few words, but um, from watching on the social media his interviews over the weekend, um, quite uh, you know, it's it quite the storyline in racing. We know the deep impact story. We know he's longer, no longer with us, and this was his last opportunity to have a, a Derby winner there or a potential Derby winner, and he gets the job done there. Uh, he this horse is, I think, pretty special. I know they've got a lot of Ferraris at Ballydoyle, but. Duff, just hearing the way Ryan talks about him, he's only going to get better. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, well, that's his job. You know, he's going to, if he wants his free nomad for the rest of his life, he's going to talk these good cults up. That's what the business is all about these days. (laughs) That's true. We're going to get Ryan on the microphone. Yes. He's he's doing a good job. Yeah. He's a good horse, yeah. He he just surged late, didn't he, Maxie? Yeah, it was um, it was an amazing performance. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how he progresses over the next twelve months or so. Mm. And, and speaking of Japan, um, no doubt. I mean, it happens every week. We see, uh, obviously, Damien Lane. He, he ran second in that Group One uh, yesterday. Um, uh, but what about this mare Songline, Maxi, um, from the clouds? And I've never been to the races in Japan. It's on the bucket list. It just looks incredible to go and, and on one of these big days. Oh, absolutely. I was lucky enough uh, to see Kittison Black, I think it was about five or six years ago, and uh, the roar of the crowd, uh, the home straight in Tokyo, 600-plus metres, and they start roaring from about the 800. Um, it's an amazing place. And, yeah, Damien Lane, the boy from Bunbury, just a, an incredible story behind him. Of course, we know him as, um, I think he's about 30 years of age. He's picked up a lot of our outstanding races here in Australia. And last week, he won the Japanese Derby. Four winners on that day, including the last three. Uh, one of them was a Group 2. So, Tastiera winning the Japanese Derby for him last week. So, it seems as though wherever he lays his hat, Damien, he, he rides winners. And that's obviously the mark of uh, an outstanding horseman. Exactly right. Did you see that win yesterday, Gator and Duff, of, uh, of Songline? No, I missed it, uh, Dave. Just just down the down the middle, um, and 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 again, just another incredible performance. Um, so uh, yeah, keep an eye. Of course, all that international racing you catch on Sky Racing over the weekend. If you miss anything, jump on the Sky Racing website. Uh, all the interviews and replays are up uh, to come out of uh, the the horse racing there. If you can't do that, just jump on the Twitter. There's a stack on there. Have a great uh, week, boys. Stradbroke week. Look forward to the coverage on the weekend. Duff. Also, thanks for your work over the autumn, mate. This is your last punters post-autumn. We're going on a bit of a spell, and you'll be back ready to roll for a big spring. Yep, look forward to it, Dave. Have a good day, Gator. Have a good day, Maxie. Okay, thank you, fellas. Bye-bye.